Here I go again Same old boss, same old friend It's just my place for security Place like home friends like you and me Here I go again Hello everybody and welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show podcast. We are recording live here at the Full Circle Book Co-op in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls, the best little city in America. And I couldn't be happier today. I have, I have been waiting. This is the 31st taping of this show, of the podcast, uh, since the, you know, the demise of the semi-beloved, short-lived radio program. I love that show. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. You're one of five. <laughs> no, uh, that's not true. Yeah, we uh, get together. Yeah, that's right. Have a little, we have a bowling team. They're all here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is the voice, uh, the dulcet tones of, uh, well, you've probably heard him before if you listen to this podcast because we steal his music. Yes. And uh, under, well, with permission. Of course. With permission. It's this, not... my friends, is Mr. Rich Show. Hi. Rich, thank you for being here today. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, and the crowd goes crazy. And the Brad. crowd goes crazy. Yay! Social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> we, of course, are here on uh, the eve of the coronavirus disaster. No, everything's been uh, shut down, uh, but there's still people out. It's pretty good. Uh, next week will be interesting when everybody's cooped up together in their houses. Oh. How, how will that go? Yeah, think about the fallout there. Uh, I'm not going to do it. And that's not why we're here tonight, Rich. Thanks. You know what? We're here to celebrate you. Oh, no, no, it's no. It's true. It's true. Um, and this is why. I've been talking about this on the show for quite some time. When I say I'll, I'll let you listen to a little uh, Rich show and we'll be right back, I always say Rich show, the soon to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall, <laughs> South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Rich show. So I'm the prettiest girl in Beersford. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nothing against Beersford. Nothing Cause, against Because you're a good-looking man. <laughs> uh, no, of, of course, Rich is, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, really the, the soundtrack of my life here in Sioux Falls uh, because uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame here in a minute, but uh, let's just go down the bands quick. So the first, the, there was No Direction. No Direction. Flag with Hank. Flag with Hank. Uh, Violet. Violet. There was, and then... And we then, had the Rottweilers for a minute. Yeah. And then in between those are a whole collection of names. Right. There's, but there's like the Working Poor is an actual yes entity. entity. Yeah. And uh, uh, Red Dirty Leaves, Bastards. Dirty Bastards. Rich Show Mahomes. Rich Show Mahomes oh, from the Thank audience. you. There. Uh, uh, so and, and Catholic. The family. what? The oh yeah. How about the bowling balls? <laughs> Remember? <laughs> they were hot. <laughs> I Whatever happened to those guys? Yeah, the bowling balls were. Ch- ah, it's good stuff. And then, uh, of course, uh, Catholic Family Radio. Catholic Family, yeah. Uh, yeah so, my point being, there's all these entities rolling around, um, but they're all different in their own little way, right? Yes. yes. Why do you uh, do that? Why do you come up with a whole new entity? Whether it's, it's a new rule. New rule? A, a new, new rule. Rules. rules when you're writing. You know, it's uh, like. This is what we're, what we. This is what I think I'm going to do this time. I see. So it has a kind of a, a theme. A theme, right? Right. That's you know, like like uh, the Catholic Family Radio was uh, going to be a guitar pop band with lots of harmonies mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. 
Well, I forgot about the uh, the tribute band, the nineteen sixty three tribute band. Oh, uh, the all get out. The all get outs. One right. of the finer moments. That was a. Uh, that was fun for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. You only played fun. music from 1960, it was 1963 or four? No, 63 to 67. Got it, got it. Uh, that way we could get some monkeys in there. <laughs> <laughs> we had one monkeys too we wanted to play, so we made it 67, that kind of thing. Well, we actually did like three of them. Uh, but it was yeah. fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and so that's it. That's, that's when that's... people started realizing that I could sing. <laughs> oh, really? I think so. That was only like 20 years into your career. I know. <laughs> I know. Can because you... I was singing things they were familiar with. Oh, I see. See what I'm getting at? Yep, in a different oh. style. Oh, he could sing that. Do you, can, do you like, when you started, could, did you think you could sing? No. No, I was cracking voice. I remember <laughs> one of my roommates at the time when we played like first couple No Direction gigs, it, I was just cracking and my voice was cracking. He's like, yeah, you sound really good. And then he started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he just started laughing. Oh God, oh my God. Yeah. So I was a croaker and you know, but I, I think it was a lot to do with Devo. <laughs> and talking heads yep. you know. they were singing in a yeah David Byrne has a very unique voice and that's a kind of a high key I don't know what he's if register or key or what you call that but right it's up there yes it is up there and you're not David Byrne I'm not and we all are happy about that thank you yeah although he was on Saturday Night Live there, and another David Byrne resurgence here revival. yes I, from what I gather his new concerts that he's putting on are just Life reaffirming, or whatever. well, that's cool. I think so. I mean, it says something about being an artist for a lifetime, right? Right. And I that, mean, and still, you know, got something to say. Yeah. There aren't very many of those people. He's a song and dance man. <laughs> that's true. That's what I see now. Um, but going back to you, uh, when did you realize that you could sing? Um, Which band was it where you said? Well, you know it's no what? direction, but I think it was when we. Finally got into the No Direction tapes got era. It. The late era. The later, I started finding my voice. You know, you hear this, this, it's referred to often as the No Direction tapes, as you said. That's not something that was re uh, widely available. No. Because it was a tape. It was a, a cassette In fact, tape. it may have been just like one tape, right? And people heard it at parties. No, no, no. We, we, <laughs> we had, I think we had a hundred. Oh. Maybe so. If you have one out there, yeah, we actually I actually put it on to a CDR. Oh, got it. And got they it. have them. I think they have them at Total Drag. Really? I did not know that. Now I'm gonna have to go over to Total Drag right after the show here. <gasps> Plug. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, what's on there? I mean, because it was a transitionary time. Is is Trudy on there? What's on No Direction Tapes? No, um... Letter to Jeffrey. Letter to Jeffrey's on that. That's a, yeah, yeah. a familiar tune. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Rise up. Rise up. Joy Division cover of uh, Transmission. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. Rick messed around on the piano. But that, was, that really was transitionary, right? Because that was the end of No Direction. Pretty much, yeah. Because uh, I think we were just, we had found our groove there. I think it could have evolved further, but. Because it was, Heath was in, Heath Engem 
Was on? Was I nope. on there? No. No. Was it was, it, was uh, Rick, it? Rick Smith, myself, and Chuck. Same lineup. Yeah. I always thought I had this uh, idea that that Heath had been playing on that. No. You didn't meet him until later. Right. How did then? Did you hook up with? Because then you. I mean, Flag with Hank was you, Ralph uh, Mills on guitar, yeah. and then uh, Heath on bass and Lance on drums. And those two guys, Heath and Lance, they were kids. Right. Well. I forget what the deal was. Oh, um, is it less than zero? Is it less than zero or less than Jake? No, <laughs> different, different, different. Well, anyways, acts. there was this band in town. That this guy said, "You got to come, come and see us practice." You know, so I ah, sure I'll go, because yeah, Heath played bass with them oh, as well. Got it. So I went over there, and Lance was playing drums, and I'm just like going, "Oh my God, that kid can play." I mean, he just was like driving and just, you know, had a really small kit, but just drove that band something fierce. So I, I just said, uh, Heath, you think that, I uh, think he might want to play with us? <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, I, you know, yep. thought, you know, because I have some other ideas and then he could play bass and I could find someone who could play guitar like Ralph. Right, right. And so that's, he, uh, Lance had to be like 15, 16 years old. He was just um, he was He was like a junior in high school. Oh. Junior or senior in high school, yeah. So here you end up with a band that's, at that time, you're 30, right? Yep, yep. And a couple of teenagers, Heath is right on the... Well, that had to be kind of a different experience playing with these guys who were really green, but talented. Talented, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, I, yeah. Um, did you ever say, what did I do here? No, 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 <laughs> it was, I just, I guess I didn't really pay that close of attention to what they, I just thought it just was a nice group of, you know, a good sounding group. So at some point, um, I came to see you in your house over in McClellan and, uh, and sat down with you guys and talked a little bit, but you had been playing, this was for Tempest, I was doing a story. And had you played by that time? Where was your first gig with Flag with Hank? Nordic Hall. Yes, right. <laughs> it was, yes, yeah, without Ralph. It was, yeah, Nordic three piece. Hall. Three-piece without Ralph. It, wow. was, it was just, you know, there was a handful of songs I had written for that, you know, and, uh, yeah. What were, the, what were those songs? Do you remember what you were playing? Or should we just ask Phil? <laughs> Phil! <laughs> It was stuff off of it's stuff off of the first cassette. There's also some stuff that you never recorded. There was a couple of really great songs. I can't remember the name right now, but you gave me a cassette. There, there's three or four songs that are fantastic. From where? From Flag with that era. Three piece without Ralph. I've got a cassette now. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> That's right. There's some really beautiful stuff. Well, I let's find them. Let's find it. I, maybe I can bring them back. That's right. <laughs> Drop that off. Make copies. You got a do. You got a cassette to cassette recorder. I'll go look again. I've got it somewhere. All right, awesome. That's cool. Shout out to Matt Fockler. Oh, Matt Fockler hey, in the Matt room. Matt Fockler, did you bring a capo? <laughs> That's too bad because he forgot his. I forgot too. mine too. It must be something about the show. Matt Fockler played a cover of your song on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, what's that like? What's kind Fockler's out there playing your music all the time. Thank you. I don't know. It's kind of weird, I guess. I, I never thought it would 
happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, the songs are got to be easy enough to play, right? <laughs> <laughs> if Poplar can do it, anybody. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. Very talented musician, Matt Fockler. And if people want to listen to him, they can go back a couple of episodes of this podcast and, and listen to that interview. It's it's right. fun. Um, so I'm not gonna. We're not gonna go through the whole history here, though. But I'm interested in in that transition um, of your music from because th- most people know you for Violet. That's right. Right. I, you know, they weren't hole up in the back room at the crowbar like the rest of us. Uh, for nights on end. But then when Violet broke out, how did you, when you're making that transition, how did you change the songs? Because they, they changed. Right. You say, um, you know, you create the thing things. I, with, to me, and, and this, this is just what was in my head. Not that it, you know, translated out to the masses. But um, I thought, you know, with, you know, as no Direction was breaking up, or I was kind of going into singer-songwriter stuff of American, you know, like Hank Williams Sr., mm-hmm. John Fogarty, you know, stuff that was just had this timeless quality about it that still sounds fresh today, mm-hmm. you know. Matter of fact, I have a Hank Williams Sr. disc in my car. Oh, there you go. In every once it while. is timeless. It is. So that's what I was kind of, you know, thinking... Uh, that's why I kind of wanted to do it. It never really worked out that way. But, but then I, I also like pop music. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, this would be like with those two guitar players, Mark and Mark. Yeah, Mark Romanowski and Mark Bombera. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Those are the right names, right? Yes, they are. Good. Because <laughs> I've been known to, Oh, you know, I can't say the joke. I just, I can't say it. <laughs> it's really Marky neat. Mark? No, no, I, okay. no, no, no. It's a, something right. about a dog. That's Mark. Good. Mark. That's, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You're okay. right. We're going to leave that alone. Leave that alone. But that was, a, that was just a... But con- then I just thought, you know, power pop. You know, you've got two really good guitar players. And, and with me on acoustic, it would allow the band to be able to get loud, quiet, mm-hmm. you know, cover a lot of variations. And I think that was a real... Uh, obviously, the songs are at the core of it. But one of the things about Violet that was always so impressive that you just don't see in a lot of bands was exactly that. Dynamic. Right. Of, of not just... Of dynamic of tempo, but dynamic of volume and intensity. Did you do that on purpose? Yes. Why? Because otherwise we'd be just, you know, the one trick pony. You just have that one bang, 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 the same thing. I all, because, you know, back then, you know, we played a whole night. Yeah. We might play three sets. Yeah. For all, so you can't just play the same song or the same type of thing, same right. time. You've got, I always try to get it so, well, plus when you're listening to a record, I mean, your favorite records, they've got a tearjerker in mm-hmm. there. They've got, you know, some rocking thing, you know, whatever. They take you Maybe. through, they take you through the emotional sort of journey of some level. Yeah. So that was, yeah, part of it. I just, and then I liked listening to a lot of different types of music. And That third set. When you talk about, you know, you just don't see that anymore. Um, a late night, third set, those last few songs could really, with Violet, right. really start to tear it up. Right. That was a different experience. 
<laughs> how did you, how did you um, get to that place? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it, is it the, 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 because you're playing three sets in a night and it's just, you yes. know, it's so much music, you're coming to the end and it, you, you're building to something, right? Right. Well, then, yeah, you know once you're done. I mean, you're giving it more because you're at, you, you can see the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? But wait. the first set was usually like newer stuff and, and just things that were more mid-tempo and mm -hmm. just, you know, kind of warm people up to the fact that, well, yeah. When you, when you, I think of, when I think of those final sets, I always go back to Pomp Room and light, Limelight days. Was there a moment in, in that period when Violet was really in its ascendancy where you looked out at 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning and it's just people. Right. And you're like, how did this happen? <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Were you ever overcome by the, the energy of it? I mean, not overcome, uh, but like, you go, did you, did you find yourself in a place that you didn't know you could go? Yeah, I suppose. I guess I don't really think of it that way. I, I know I kind of, you know, sometimes it go, go to my head, you know, then I start writing shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit for songs. Rock and, and roll star. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Well, I know. And those ones usually, it, it, get discarded eventually just because they're stupid, you know? <laughs> well, they can't all be hits. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm aware of that. I feel like, you know, as a, just a terrible fanboy that I am, um, that there was, there, was a, there was another gear, and I don't know if it's because I was there all night, you know, or it's just the, the crowd experience, but it, those last three, four songs Right. Well, generally, night. you know, the people are, everyone's getting more hyped on the, you know, and I think it just, it, what is it? You get caught up in the excitement. Yeah. You're causing it, they're causing it back, and then it's just kind of an exchange of energy. And you're close. And we're close. Yeah. Um, do you ever, that doesn't, ex I, I don't see that anymore. I never see that anymore. Maybe it's because I don't, go out enough to experience anymore but do you ever miss that um not so much i um some of i mean some of when they when we were really on and everything was turning out you know mm -hmm. and and you could basically let things fall down to nothing and then bring it all back you know then you're on top of the world mm -hmm. because you're just like you're, everyone's more or less breathing together and, you know, in their heads. Mm -hmm. And you just, you just can feel what Lance is doing here or what Heath was doing. Or and all of a sudden it just kind of, yeah, you know. And those songs from that era that is in my mind that will right, never leave right. are some of the, your best work to me. Oh. Um, and I'll, you know, the, but the, I like the, the, I the, did the like the earlier sets for songwriting, more personal, personal, personal for me. Yeah, it you didn't. Ha it, they aren't that sort of monster. They're not. Yeah, the yeah. big rock. Wow, the big punch rock what's, stuff. I don't want to ask you what's your favorite song because that's a ridiculous statement. But what is the favorite kind of thing that you write? What, what when you get done with, you know, whether it's a, I mean, what, where where you feel the satisfaction? What is it? 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, um, I guess uh, the song with uh, where you, it takes you, for me, it goes on a, a, a various paths. Um, you know, you've got your chord progression and you've got a little bit of a melody going here. Then you got to take it down another road. And actually, I like it to go about two or three roads before I hit the build to the chorus. Mm -hmm. And then you got to have a bridge mm -hmm. in there and, and possibly an instrumental part in there. You and, and then when all that comes together, then you're like, ah. cool. Doesn't always, but. <laughs> uh, what, do, what is it that you wish, I mean, as you, if you, when you're going through all this, what is it that you wish you could do better? Like play I, guitar. <laughs> just play guitar. <laughs> I wish I could do a lot of things better. You know, I wish I knew um, uh, theory yeah. of, of the, I wish I, you know, these people that are in the bands, they know all that stuff. And, yep. you know, well, that's not a minor A. That's a minor A seventh diminished. I'm just, well, I don't know, but my fingers are right here, and this is what I'm doing. <laughs> Whatever. Well, which, which brings me to something I was thinking about the other day, and that is when I see you now, and uh, when I asked you to play at my wedding, by the way, you made me cry that night. Uh, I can't remember what song it was, but you made me cry. But you were playing with um, very accomplished musicians. Yes. Uh, uh, AJ and um, who's the saxophone player? Do you know the people you play Joel. with? Joel. <laughs> Joel Shotwell. Joel and, and the, the guys from the, the quartet, the, they're jazz guys. They're awesome players. Right. Right? Do you ever, like you're saying, you know, they're going, oh, that's a diminished eighth minor. Do, 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 do. They know all that stuff. Right. Is that, that's, is that weird or how does yeah, that Yeah, it work? is. It's weird. I, you know, they... Basically, when those conversations come up, I'm left out of them <laughs> <laughs> because they're gonna, you know, because it's you know, it's like Josh or Joel telling each other, "This yep. is where we're going with that," and they're going, "Oh, okay," and so they're like the middlemen for me. They listen to what you're doing and just interpret it, and they know yeah. what it is. Yeah, that night was pretty fun. I mean, because it, they we get I don't know which song it was. I want to say it was. Um, oh, no more for him. Oh, that's it. Yeah, he, when uh, Joel started doing the, you know, just kind of building and building and then you just. That's actually, no more for him is the song I use at the end of the show. Oh. So uh, it's a, I mean, it's a it's, powerful, powerful song. It's such a pretty song. And, and sometimes that, you know, that'll give me goosebumps. Yeah, where'd know? that song come from? Uh, that was kind of, you know, when we were doing, um, all things possible and Lance and his wife at the time, Lori, were mm -hmm. you know, going through the cancer yep. thing with Jake yep. and it was kind of about that. Wow. Well, you feel, if you can sense uh, a level of emotion in that, that right. is, Gives me goosebumps right now sitting here listening to it. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Geez. Well, speaking of which, are you gonna you wanna play a little bit for us? 
know you don't have a capo. I don't have a capo. But, but can you? Maybe is there, are, can, there, are there any songs you can play sans capo? I do, I do. I, I want to play an, uh, a newer one. Awesome. If I can, you can find one without a capo. <laughs> How about some duct tape? That doesn't work, does it? No. <laughs> but thanks for trying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. Where is that other? You know, uh, when is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction? It's in April, right? The 12th? April 18th. 18th. April 18th, provided, of course, we are still allowed to go out in public by then. Right. Uh, it's at the Ramcota Exhibit Hall. I know that. And people can go watch. If you're going in, um, our friend John Stever is going in, which is That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, isn't Indigenous going in as well? Yes. Cool. <gasps> no, we're okay. We're okay. <laughs> For people out there and listening, you're going to use those, so you can give me that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Rock and Roll Hall, of, South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about this in a little bit, but uh, it's it's an interesting class. It's different from what we're accustomed to, with uh, you know. And I'm not going to say it. I'm not. It's uh, not the usual batch of people. You aren't a hair band that plays cover songs. I mean that in the best possible way. I don't want anybody to take offense to that. So what's the name well, of this tune? Uh, what did I tell you? <laughs> oh, this thing's right in my butt. Oh, yeah. No, it's fine. One second. Fine. Perfect. There. Perfectly. All right. I was kind of enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. I'll give this a try. want some solitude but you never want to fight you may take some kind of pills but that won't make it right just want to run as though you're blind as though you're blind maybe you're not mine can seem to sort it out with you and all your friends it seems I let the rabbit out and he don't want to get back in the peace of knowing I am here to defend here to defend maybe you're my friend What did I tell you when you're falling down again? What did I tell you with the pieces on the men? What did I tell you? Well, you can't have that much at stake. What did I tell you? You keep too late. Much. It's cause you're a little bit older 
And I find it a little too hard to concentrate Now you're a little too late Now you're a little too late We like that. It's a work in progress. You want to play? Uh, you want to play another one right now? Uh, I don't know if I can hit these notes. But, uh, <laughs> but well, well, you wrote it. I know. <laughs> I know. That's the bummer. Uh, let me try. Are you okay with that? I am. I'm waiting for my producer to bring me my next beverage. Oh, that's what a producer does. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, producer. This is kind of the same song, but different words and melody. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Uh, me and Poor Little Me. God, I really could use a capo on this one. <laughs> Capos are for cheaters, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> Stepping out for little 
So those that's uh, some new music from Rich Show. Yes. Wow. Which which begs the question, are you ever going to go out and play it? I have actually. <laughs> Wait, right now. No, we, we uh, some of the, like that last song. There was like six or seven songs we were doing last summer. Got it. Are you? I was getting to. Are you playing again soon? Other than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame bit. Uh, working on it. <laughs> um, yeah, we will be playing. I think we're going to try to do. Well, might try to do here. Yeah, here at the Full Circle Book Co-op, which I should mention is your conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe in beautiful downtown Sioux Falls, 123 West 10th Street. I it's all a democratic read. thing. Yeah, it is very welcome. I, I was thinking about that the other day, being Democrats. Actual Democrats? Yeah, actual Democrats. Yeah. I mean, if we want, if everyone voted to go into communism or socialism, yep. it would still be a democratic choice, <laughs> yeah, right? right? It would still be a free choice. It'd be a free choice. I'm not saying we would, but you know. It wasn't imposed about, upon you. Right, if it wasn't imposed upon you. Um, I should mention, I also, on that note, speaking of socialists, I should mention the uh, North U Bait and Tackle. <laughs> yes. Our other sponsor. Yes. Uh, of course, your home for live bait, dead tackle. Propane, propane accessories, U-Haul, self-storage, high-end dog and cat food, run by a decidedly non-socialist uh, Matt Staub. And again, my offer still stands. You go in there, 
You find Stab, you tell him you want the Coke and peanuts deal. Free Coke and peanuts on me if you go in and talk to Stab. It's not that, don't worry, Sorry. it's just a bait shop. I know, I've been, I bought my dog food there. Yeah, it's good dog, he's got good stuff. Yeah, he's, it's nice. Um, you we've know. never spoke oh, when really? I was in there, but I think, you know, I didn't want to bother him per he's, se. Well, he, he's kind of a fanboy too. Is he? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll uh, mention it to him. Well, the thing is, is I've been in there before and he'd always call me, hey, young man. You know, that's, what you, that's what you say to the old guys when they come in. That's funny. Hey, how you doing, young man? He, of course, is the disgruntled former city commissioner. Man, right, so I know. He's disgruntled. He's just grumpy. But uh, that's a one. We also are sponsored by uh, Red Barn Salsa. Find handcrafted small batch salsa from the organic Good Earth Farm, just south of Lenox. Red Barn Salsa. You can't buy it anywhere, but watch for it soon. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Those are our sponsors. It is damn good. It is good. I can vouch for it. Um, so let's talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It, the concert's the April 18th. But in, in the bigger sense, um, what do you think of that? Um, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I have uh, mixed feelings on it. I mean, I, I, a lot of the people, I guess I feel like a, a, a sore thumb or a, a fish out of water with that group of people. And you, I don't want to make you say it. It's, it's. Uh, I talked a little bit about it before, but it was largely started by guys who were in bands in the '60s, right? right? And and some good groups, good groups, and people that are are in the trenches playing week in, week out, playing in bands and stuff. You know, that's a lot of work. I mean, yep. You know, rehearsals, blah blah blah, playing, and you know, but. It's yeah, I don't know. I, but then, but then it's kind of—I don't want to say devolved. It's—it's it, it's a lot of bands who were just out doing the uh, the old uh, bar ballroom circuit, playing sure. you know heavy metal cover tunes with maybe one or two of their own songs. Right. There's a there's a lot of that, and I don't mean to take away from them, but this class is a little different in that respect, because as I said, you are going in, John Stever as a promoter who. Promoted that type of, I mean, yeah, a, was a whole different era of music, right? And then Indigenous, which, you know, they got the, uh, made their mark in the world, right? Right. So the, just those three represent something I think different for that group. So maybe there's, I don't want to say maybe there's hope, but it, well, it could it's be a more nice, yeah, and it's yeah. I, I having discussions with Corey Van Sickle. He's the one who called me on it, and. Uh, lead singer of Children and Corey yeah, and the Fireflies. Yeah, right. and he was saying that you know he's. Yeah, I don't know if he is specifically trying to get more original people who write their own stuff. Yep. In That's it, good. involved. That's good. Because there's and a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them out there. I mean, uh, there's. I mean, right now, uh, there's probably more bands doing their own stuff now in this area than there are cover bands, wouldn't you say? Yeah. It used I, to be the other way around. Right, because there was that's there was a demand for cover bands in every lounge in town, right? right? You needed that. Yeah. The Sunbird, baby, come on. Do six nights at the Sunbird, call it good. Sunbird and uh, what was the, was that the Lantern or something? <laughs> what was out there in the Western Mall? What was that? Oh, Fireside. Fireside, oh, Fireside. Yeah. No Direction played the Fireside. Oh my God. 
Which brings, which begs another question: What's the worst place you ever played? Oh. Other than the basement of the chop house. Uh, we played. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 well, I mean, I don't know if uh, bad places, but there's been, you know, like these kids who like our band and they want us to play their wedding, yeah. but they don't realize that no one else but those two <laughs> and their friends want to see the band and you know we always try to talk them out of it you know yeah. or i always tried to i think uh and we played it? at a, a, a wedding in okaboji and when we get done with a set they play some music through the pa and there'd be people out line dancing <laughs> and but i mean they paid us extremely well, and, and they and the guy who paid us was like, "God, you guys are so good." Blah blah. You know, just like, thanks, thanks. I yeah, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were going to allude to that that uh, legendary gig in Pacuana. You were talking about two kids who wanted you to play at their wedding. Oh, but that was uh, that, yeah. No. <laughs> that, that, that was more fun. That was actually kind of fun. Yes, yes, because yeah. It, it, it's a Scott and Rita situation. Scott and Rita. Those, yeah. did that crowd actually wanted you to be there. Right. They did. So and, and plus we let the, was it Rita's dad or Scott's dad come up and play guitar on one? You know, they did some um, blue suede shoes. Like <laughs> well, that. that's good. Yeah, it was fun. Well, that's, if that's the worst you ever got was a high paying gig where people were sort of indifferent, then you're doing okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's other, I mean, there's probably other ones out there and I've just kind of blocked them out. I, uh, this is an interesting story. I went to see you at um, Lucky Cruiser's Cafe. Oh, right, on West 12th, West 12th Street. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. But it was a great, it was a great turnout. Yeah, a great night playing. But the guy who owned the place freaked out. <laughs> also, I will say that that was the moment when um, I told Bob Keys from the Argus Leader that we had just been thrown out of sunshine for having gay personals. Bob went back, wrote a story, ended up on the front page of the Argus, and everybody knew our name after that at Tempest. So thanks, thanks, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> it was because of me? Yeah, well, no. well partly. Well, no, I, well, yeah, I just remember we played, and it, uh, they turned that place into a casino. Mm -hmm. It was like the town and country. It was an old-time restaurant. Restaurant yeah. or something, and then they turned it into a casino. And I just, you know, was going around trying to find different places to play. And I just asked the manager, I said, Jay, do you mind if we play here sometimes? We just sit up in the corner. It'd be no big deal. Well, I mean, no one sits in that big room anyway. They're all in front of the, you know, yeah, the video lottery machines. And the guy, the owner showed up that night. And he was so pissed because their numbers were down. The place was packed. They used all up. They used up all of their beer glasses, and they were and, and they. But you drove the vidlots out. But we, yeah. But their numbers were down, and I, and I remember him saying, "I said, how can it be down? I'm looking, look at this. You got people here. They're drinking. The power of the vidlot killed the killed the damn town. I say for a while." Yeah, it did. It really did. So um, uh, I was uh, also talking to somebody, and I alluded to it earlier, um, about the Crowbar. 
and the old, not the new crowbar, the old crowbar, right. uh, which was a, like 19th of Minnesota. Um, and you guys, that first summer, played there every Monday night, the whole summer. Yeah. What are your memories of that? Because I have very clear memories of that. Oh, I, I just remember just, it's starting out as, you know, because I there again, I was trying to find as yep. many gigs as possible because I knew Lance was leaving at the end of the summer to go to school. Yeah. So I said, well, let's just try this, and and we were doing it for free. And it was it was flag with Hank. Yes. Yeah. Flag no, with Hank. did they? No, they had a cover, right? Didn't they take? Or was that just some dude taking money? Probably. <laughs> probably. Oh, that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but well, they yeah. did. But they did. Uh, I remember Dean. Uh, you know, a couple times come up and gave me like 500 bucks. Wow. Well, I mean, and I, I said, we just want to play, you know, yeah. but when we started, you know, we had, you know, a small group and then it got bigger mm-hmm. and then it got bigger and then it just became like, Hey everybody, it's Monday night. Let's all go to the crow. <laughs> this light, you know, and then it was like their biggest night of the week. And it so. was a lot of, I mean, you know, a lot of college kids home for the summer, all of that. Um, People coming from miles around. <laughs> I mean, from Worthington yep. and Madison, Brookings, it, just to... It was a very interesting summer. It was. And um, because even you did it the next year, too, but it, and it was great. But there was something really kind of special about that summer, and I'm wondering what you remember about those shows. Uh, I just remember that we just kept on banging out the songs, kept... I mean, we would probably play four sets of stuff and just keep going yeah. just to see how it all felt. It was just super hot in the summer. Yeah, it was. Super hot. It I remember going brutal. home and getting in a cold bath and just sitting there and just, it, oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and it was, uh, I think back then people could still smoke in bars, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I remember is, and there it's, was not any lights. It was basically beer lights on the walls. Right, right. And it, it was just a really, it was like a, a hoot nanny almost. Yeah. Just, and we just got up there, sat, and just sat up, just started playing, and people would watch. And I will, uh, there was a, one of those nights, somebody turned off the lights, and it was just the beer lights. And it had this eerie feeling to it. And the moment that I remember was when you, I can't remember what you came out, but you were always, Ralph would go over and, get a bunch of feedback going with his guitar against the amp, and you guys would go into Green River. And that one night, for whatever reason, I remember that as clear as day. Like, I can just <laughs> see silhouettes, but... <laughs> and it's, it's just, uh, I'll never forget it. Those were the days. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it wasn't really a question, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. It was it was a special I, I just it was a special time. I think it really solidified us as a group, you know, playing together mm-hmm. plus got our name mm-hmm. and you know people just I mean people started to know who we were. And you played a lot. Yeah. You didn't play just that weekend, the Monday nights. You played on the weekends. You guys yeah. played constantly. Yeah, well, anything we could do. If it was in the middle of the week, shoot, I remember we played it, it was the rainbow. Then yes. we play the rainbow. Before it was the limelight. Yeah. Which that rainbow, this is a divergent conversation, but the rainbow, the actual old rainbow is in Club David. 
that's where that came from. The rainbow in the second floor of, what? The rainbow sign. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a beautiful sign. It is so. There's a piece of history. Really is. It's Probably cool. even more so than the pomp room sign. I do. I, I think that that, well, it's a prettier sign. <laughs> the pomp room sign was kind of I actually, um, somebody found Nothing it. wrong with the pomp room sign. No. That's got a lot of history there, too. I, I actually may be writing, I don't know if I can say this, for the Sioux Falls Anthology. I might be writing a piece on the pomp room, and, and the people involved with that, one of the guys sent me an article he found, just ran across from the artist leader, when they had to change the name from the pump room to the pomp room because they were getting sued by the guys in Chicago who actually owned the pump room. Right. And they have a picture of them out, like, altering the sign from a U into an O. <laughs> it's an awesome story. That's great. Which leads us to the pomp room. Um, that had to be, because what people don't realize when I'm going to try, pomp room wasn't always pomp room. It was only the pomp room for, like, the one that people remember for about this long. Right, right. It was a cover well, band, heavy metal cover bands. Heavy metal cover bands. And then you, and you were one of the bands that went in there and played some gigs. What was that experience like when you first went in there? Well, they wouldn't let us play on a weekend. Yeah, I mean, we had to play like on a Wednesday or Thursday night to to see how it went, and you know, which that's fine. You know, we were playing the limelight a lot at that time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we got in there on a Wednesday night and just packed the place. Which I, the old pop room where the stage was on the south side actually yep. made more sense to me than when they moved the stage to the other end. Really? Because I always thought it was better the other way. I, well, the, the reason I say that is because um, you didn't have to have as many people in there. <laughs> well, that's what exactly I mean. And, you could, and people could see and sit yep. and watch yep. you know, if they wanted they to. Or, you know... Wander off into that dark corner, which nobody knew what happened over there. Yeah, <laughs> that place. <laughs> that place is yeah this is terrible. There's yeah, there's got, probably a lot worse stories out there than we even can oh, imagine. I got to get Ward Ertz, who was the last of the family managers in here, and we're gonna just tell pomp room stories. I think that'll be fun because he's oh, got them. Yeah, uh, John can't tell the pomp room stories because he can't remember him. So, <laughs> he, I'm kid, John, if you're listening, I know he's not, but he uh, is. Yeah, if you are. Uh, but there were some, some really great moments there, too, as it turned out. Yeah, and how about the elevator that they put in the back? You remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was a they, death trap. Oh, my God. I don't even, it was like they put a pole in there, and, <laughs> and you're supposed to. Oh. Did it work? So it would, you know, you'd be up on the hill, yeah. put your stuff in this elevator, yeah. and then ride it down, <laughs> down, and you'd be right at the back of the stage. But man, that was a death trap. Oh, <laughs> that was scary. Did John build the elevator? You think? Yes. Uh, oh I yeah. See. They yeah. So when you say elevator, it elevated in a sense. Right. Yeah. They probably used truck parts. And, <laughs> you know. Uh, made that um, I don't know I don't know what they used exactly but it wasn't an elevator <laughs> stuff but that was a violet era and some yes. big big shows down there yeah um, there's actually a lot of YouTube video out there from, from whatever for whatever reason you can go see watch violet at the pomp room on YouTube right which is a kind of a weird thing it is because it, everybody looks so different 
Yeah, I saw <laughs> one with young Lance. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was not old enough to be there. By that time, do you think he was? Uh, well, maybe. Been. I think he may have been. That's true. That was well but after. But he still looked like he was 16, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? I saw him the other night. He looks good. Yeah. He's still a young man. Yeah, he is. Um, uh, so after all of that stripped down, um, you made a solo record, which is obviously called Obviously, right? Yes. Um, tell me about that. Tell me about... It's a, it's a beautiful personal record. Did you mean it that way when you said, I'm gonna make a solo record? Um, actually, it was kind of, you know, when Violet, it was going to be a Violet record. And then uh, Bomber announced he's moving. Yep. And, uh, and Heath had already been kind of going back and forth between Minneapolis mm -hmm. and Sioux Falls. And we just decided, you know, it, we didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Just to, an aside. But we already had time booked with Tom Herbers. At Paisley Park? Uh, no, this no, was... No, that was Warner. So this was, but it was in Minneapolis, right? Yes. Okay. Third Ear, I think, is what Got he it. called it. Got it. Tom Herbers, who was the producer of the Gear Daddies. Yes. Correct? Yep. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And, yeah, so we... I just thought, well, you know, it's already booked. I just took a leap of faith, as they say, and uh, got, you know, um, Brian Lilja from the Drag Hounds. Mm -hmm. Remember them? They were awesome. We and, were just listening to them the other night. Yeah, actually. and yeah, he played drums on it and had Heath play bass because he's living up there and tr got various people to, you know, play keyboards and pedal steel and you know, a couple gear daddy guys. Um, uh, Slim played on a couple songs. Slim Dunlop from the uh, replacements. Yes. So that was it's it's uh, Slim. Yeah, and plays on the last song on the record, right? Isn't yeah, that right? I think he played on a couple of them, but I can't. Really, yeah, I, for sure the last one. Yeah. And then Mark, of course, I had him play on some of it as well. Romanowski. So, yeah. 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 Um, it's a beautiful record. Thanks. Is it? Is it your best record? I don't know how else to ask that. Uh, you know, it's it was, it's still pretty good. I, I think you know, like some of the Oxford comma stuff that we did, mm -hmm. I think is really good. Mm -hmm. That you know, not everything of that was good, but there was a handful of songs on with Oxford comma. That but front really to back, obviously. Yeah, it's a good record. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that's what you want me to say, so I'm just gonna say it's a good record. But it's like the most—I don't know—because partly because you, you you were able to collect such good people in such a good atmosphere. It was right. very professional, right? Well, and the, and those songs were all written in basically the same time frame, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so it had that that uh, what do you call it? the alternative country you know that was really hip back then yeah remember that it's still kind of hip i don't know if you know this or not yeah it's, I still, don't know. it's still out there it is yeah but it's interesting because i think about the bands from that era right wilco is the one yeah you know, Uncle sunvolt Tupelo. sunvolt mm -hmm. sunvolt i've been listening to again recently and it's just awesome, awesome. yeah those Great first what's that um, obviously oh, yeah. yeah it's a picture oh, of you oh right and that right. was the only time that there's a picture of you 
Except for Rich Hill, son of a bitch, on that cassette. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Looked like he copied a picture of something. Right. Yeah, it was nice. It was a good look. But it is a beautiful album. Who shot that? Um, I got uh, 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 Mark Pollard. Oh, well, there he's an accomplished photographer. Right. It's a beautiful shot. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I designed it after a... Oh, crap. It was an Al Hurt record. I don't know what that means. Al Hurt? Al Hurt. Oh, okay. Did it's designed it, after... It, no, okay. it, now I understand it. what you're saying. Al Hurt album. You, 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 and, and then there was another gal. I can't remember her name, though. Esther something or other. And I thought, God, those... There's something about that, you know, you can see their shadows yeah. and they're just standing there. It's like, who, yeah, it just looks it's nice. Yeah, it's good. It's um, got a classic look about it. And it's, it, the songs hold up. I love listening to it to this day. Hmm. Um, the, so what are, what are you going to do now? What are you, you going to do? I mean, you're still, you're still writing songs, man. You've been playing new music here tonight. Right. Yeah, right now I'm... Um, trying to get a thing put together and and record like I don't know a dozen or twenty songs or something. Really, that's awesome. All new, all new stuff. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know because we that, when we did that that the retrospective the, the retrospective yeah. thing that just chewed up a year and a half or two years. You know, really. Well, I suppose it was a lot of different. That's the. Um, What's the title again? I always screw it up. Right. Um, Man who could never know. That's something. No, else. no, no. This is the future. That was the. Future. That was the future. This is the past. That's what it's called. It's a. It's a two album vinyl, awesome production of yeah. your songs recorded the same way as they were recorded originally. More so or less. So it's a four yeah. set. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. That and it took a lot because you had to go back through all the music and pick it right. Yeah. And then. Uh, uh, Andy Howes over at uh, folk, uh, different, different folk, folk records. They put it together, it's, and it's really cool. You can still get that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and you can, and it's on Bandcamp as well if you want to buy just a download. It's beautiful. So I think it, yeah, I think it went really, really well. And that was that kind of marked your 60th birthday, right? Yeah, your 60th year, and it would be easy to just to say, eh, right. But you keep writing, and you're going to keep recording, right? Well, I mean, it's going to be on a smaller thing, sure. maybe. But, yeah, there's a few things I want to keep doing. I mean, it just it's like you're messing around with the guitar, and it's like, oh, that's kind of neat. You know, and next thing you got a song going, but we'll see, you know. Do you still want to play live? Do you still enjoy it? Oh, yeah, I like to play live. I like playing smaller places. You know, this place would be perfect. The Full Circle Book Co-op, your conservative communist left-leaning libertarian yep. bookstore and cafe. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, the performance space here is awesome. And, But do you ever miss when when you guys would play, whether it was Flag with Hank or Violet, guaranteed book, baby. People are coming. Right. It ain't that way anymore. No. Do you miss that? Um, uh, some of it, yeah. But I, I do like the smaller, more intimate things. You know, because it's you're more one on one with people, and it's and people are paying attention. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's just pomp and circumstance. You've got all these people there, but you know, there's like 
15, 20 percent are watching yeah. and listening. The rest, and the rest are just partying. A, and, it's a know, mating pool. It's a mating pool. <laughs> <laughs> And that, I mean, that, that that might be an over exaggeration, but you know, maybe there's only five percent watching. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it was an event, and it's yes. not an event anymore because those people all got old and had kids. Right, and you know, I'm. I mean, there's kids out doing stuff now, and they're Your rightly kids. so. Rightly so, they should be. You know, that's what kids do. Yeah. You know, tell me about your kids. So you've got, you've got four kids. Right. Um, two of them have, are, have been involved musically, right. locally. Yeah, Eli and Isaac, you know, uh, Isaac, he, oh shoot, I wish I would have done some, s <laughs> down. well he's playing in OK Parade. Yep. Play, he, he started um, the Later Babes, yep. that's his brainchild, yep. brain whatever. These are well-known entities in our community, they've right. done quite well. Yeah, and, um, he also was kind of. He started out as the the merch guy for for uh, Soul Crate, and then eventually worked up where he's playing keyboards with him on stage. Yeah, which was Soul Crate, big, big, huge. It's it's kind of um, impressive how they were able to do that on their own. Right. Do you oh. ever do you ever look at that and go, you guys, because they controlled it all. Right. They never signed with anybody. They didn't do any of that crap. They just made money by going out and playing gigs. They, I mean, you got, I mean, they did, uh, I, I hate, I kind of like the parallel to when No Direction started. We were playing punk and the, punk wasn't around. Right. So we were banging our heads against the wall. Well, they were doing hip hop. Yeah. And I remember them in the basement of, uh, oh shit, what's that? It's the Italian. Yeah, it was a brewery then. Yeah, yeah. But they, and no one was really giving a crap. And, no. But they were good, and and they it just shined kept, through. And it shined through, and they kept going. You gotta give those guys props there. That it's a great story. And so uh, Isaac is still playing with Wes Eisenhower. Yep. yep. Uh, that's okay. Parade. Yes. With I, is Gerlock. I can't keep track. Those guys, but yeah, but that's, Corey Gerlach, yeah. he's uh, yeah, he's, he's the in, roaster and all that, and they yes. all have a business up on the hill here in an old plumbing warehouse, yeah, and they've done marvelous things. You must be very proud. Of them. Oh yeah, I am. I'm very proud of them. But Eli, I saw Eli the other day. He's in town. Yes, he's, he's in town. Visiting? He's no, no, he lives here. He, he works at the the courthouse museum. Oh, awesome. he's the prepper, preparator, or whatever they call it. Got it. Is he still playing at all? Yeah, he's. They've got uh, hooks. They, so be yep, that's right. So we all have hooks for hands. That was yep. sort of your boys' band there. The, the yes. coming out. Yes, and um, that was really his vehicle. Yes. Does it? He started it, that actually from total scratch in my apartment when I lived downtown. Oh, really? We started, you know, he was doing some recording yep. at my place. And now, when I see him, I see you when I'm a kid. Oh. <laughs> he sounds like you did. He's, he, he's a better looking man than you. He is. He's, yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's a lot of, smarter than I well, am. Sure. He acts like you on stage. <laughs> do you do you notice these things when no, you see him? No, I don't. I, 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 it's kind of eerie for me. Okay. Do you guys see that? Do you get, and with a guitar? It definitely looks like it. Yeah. yeah, it's fun to watch. But he is, yeah. I mean, he is a he has a different take on songwriting than 
anyone else I know. But he's a songwriter. Yeah. Do you guys talk about it? Or does he not care what you think? I don't know if he cares. We've never really discussed it. We've talked about doing some stuff. You know, we always have these ideas. You know, yeah. we're the idea guys. <laughs> you know, hey, I got this idea. We're going to take a vacuum cleaner, run it, th- you know, <laughs> put a microphone up to it, run it through a reverb unit, and then, you know, you've and you're going to play drums and I'll play bass. <laughs> <laughs> you've done a fair amount of like vacuum cleaners and spinning noises. And, yes. Yeah. Um, but it never comes to fruition. Is that? Well, we're actually, we're, while well, we were going, to, I think I told you about this, we we're going to do a recording in the, or try to get into the uh, upper event thing at the Courthouse Museum. Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah. And do some recording up there. Oh, that'd be beautiful. And, you know, he wants to do like a choir. That would be and awesome. I wa- and I want to do like this noise <laughs> ambient thing. And but now we're kind of what if been you did both? That's what I say. <laughs> now we're trying to we're gonna try to meld it together so it doesn't take as much time. But you, you've never had a. This is odd, not odd to me, but kind of amazing that, that you ever talk about songwriting with him. No, not really. He's probably. I mean, the thing I like about Eli's stuff is there's all the changes within the song. You know, mm-hmm. it's got a big beginning. It's got, you know, stop, stop. Burp, burp, da, 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 and then it's just like, you're like, what the fuck do you do that for? <laughs> <You know? laughs> now I see why he doesn't ask you. you know, I, I mean, it's like, oh, that's, that's interesting. You know, and, but I like that. I mean, I, I much rather hear something like that than something where I know where the song is going. Interesting. So uh, I should mention, you have another son who's an engineer who I always mistake for Isaac. Oh, uh, Ian? Ian. Yes. Right? Yes. He's an accomplished engineer. And you have a daughter. Ari. Ari. And she is where? I have Facebook friends with her. but She's a premier. Got it. But she's in town. Yes. And she's a medium. She does medium stuff. I need that. I need some... I need to connect with some people. Okay, that'd be great. She, she does... I'm serious. She does that. And she's she's gone to, you know... She's been going to Canada for, for these, I don't know, what, what conventionish type yeah. things. And she'll come back with like a thousand bucks for, you know, doing. That's cool. But, I mean, and she did, was on television at uh, uh, Wetworth was one of the yeah. hosts. Yeah. And she read him right on the spot. <laughs> and he's going like. Oh my God! He was starting to get kind of teared up and stuff because it's like, wow, it's <laughs> nice. We should have her on the show. Tell her you we, should be. She should tell be her on. she got to come on the show. Yeah. Also, Eli and Isaac. I mean, let's bring them all on. What's that? I need people, man. All I mean, right, we'll get you. We'll, show 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 show. I like that. No. Um, <laughs> so what's going to happen at this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing? Before I let you go, how's this going to go? Because I'm going to be there. Right. What do you mean, like? How's it? What's gonna happen? What are you gonna What know. are you gonna do? Do you play? What? Yeah, I, I. They give me like 20, 25 minutes to play. What are you gonna do? You're gonna play songs nobody's ever heard of, right? No, I think we're gonna some more new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the the thing is, is whatever we play, ninety percent of those people have never heard of it. No, but I'll be there, and Phil will be there, yeah. and Mike will be there. But, but you know what I'm saying? 
A lot of those people, if they were in bands, they were probably playing on the same nights we were. That's true. Yeah, and we'll play five of the songs. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I was five. thinking about just getting out my electric and just rock just it. For like just, 20 minutes. Just, just let the entire Go Direction catalog. <laughs> <laughs> we'll need a couple more songs, though, <laughs> to fill up 25 minutes. Uh, you know what a line I use all the time and nobody has any idea where it comes from? I say this all the time. That's a one taker, man. A <laughs> <laughs> one taker. I, isn't that on, um, it's on one of the flag with Hank. Like, what is that on? It's oh yeah, on the, I think it was the flag with Hank, the second one. The second, Weasel Roney. Yeah, we did. No, it's at the end. No, think. no, it's... This is a great podcast. Walking after midnight. Oh, I think. No, no. I got to go back and listen to it. No, it is. Oh, it is. Obviously, it's not obviously the lat at the end. Okay, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But it's it comes in my brain all the time. Come on, taker man. You want to record that? You can use that. Definitely gonna use that. Yeah. Come on, taker man. But. Uh, yeah, I, uh, we play fairly early. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Do they, are they going to introduce you and... Does somebody and, say and a few words Say a few words and then have you come up and play then? Or... Yeah, I don't know. You know. I've never been to the thing myself. Me, me neither. Uh, I'm going to find out. Can I say it that way? Me, no. Me, me, me neither. neither. Me neither. I do need to have Myron on the show, though. Myron Walkendorf. Myron Lee. Um, he would. He's he, got great stories. He's got great stories. Myron's a guy who actually did it. Yeah. I mean, like at a level above everybody else, and I don't know that people remember that. No, they don't. Is it? Um, do you think people will remember you? No. Why? I don't know. It's a blur. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't your art mean anything, man? I hope so. Maybe they'll find it. You know. Well, if. If this guy back here will keep playing my song, <laughs> Matt Folkert's going to take up the, yeah. <laughs> can become your uh, your uh, biographer, yeah. musical biographer. Did uh, do you ever think about that? So you've got what thousands of songs? No, hundreds, hundreds, yeah. hundreds, something around a thousand. No, <laughs> getting close. To maybe maybe three hundred, maybe three hundred. I don't know. It's hundreds. It's hundreds. Yeah, we all think it's higher, but that's fine. We're not saying they're all good. <laughs> well, if you're thinking of the bad ones, then there's probably a thousand. <laughs> but wouldn't it, wouldn't it be, I mean, I, this happens all the time where music gets discovered after the artist has done performing them. Right. What would right. you think of that? Like somebody coming along and saying, I found this music of this guy in South Dakota, and it just. I if it resonates with them, that's beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if then then you can say, well, okay, I did do something that's semi-timeless. It's all recorded, man. It's always going to be out it's, there. Yeah, but some of it's, you know how you can go back and listen to some of your 80s new wave stuff, <laughs> and it's just like, ooh, or the the big drum Steve Lillywhite productions. <laughs> you know, big, what is that, big countries? You know, oh, man. I mean, I love Big Country. I do, too. I do, too. I mean, I like the song a lot, too, but you know what? There's certain things. Cactus yeah. World News. Cactus World. Hey, that song, The Bridge, is that's a great song. What uh, uh, Do you want to play a song for us going out? 
Oh, right. What, what would you? What, well, what here, I'll, I got one. You play. Oh, I better on. Yeah, yeah give me that. Yeah. Give me that. Uh, I should say, um, just to, uh, before we, because uh, we're going to be done here, uh, I want to thank the Full Circle Book Co-op, your conservative, communist, left-leaning, libertarian bookstore and cafe at 123 West 10th Street, as always. Our sponsors, uh, Northview Bait and Tackle and Red Barn Salsa. Um, thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Rich Show. What are you playing? I think I'm going to make you cry. No. Uh, again? No. All the way to morning There's someone whispering in my ear If we could buy another raincoat Fill the pockets up with beer Seems I've been waiting here for hours Can't hold my head up anymore We could stay up Someone who, you know, feels for you. <laughs>